good morning. Good morning. And welcome to Myers Park United Methodist Church. Whether you're joining us here in the sanctuary or if you're joining us online, we know that it is good and wonderful to be able to stand on the promises of our Lord Jesus. And it's great to know that we can come together and be here in this space. I am joined this morning by my friend and colleague, Bill Roth. Good morning. Let me add my words of welcome. We're so delighted you've decided to worship with us. We invite you to register your attendance with us on the attendance pad or virtually if you're at home. I'd call your attention to the many ways in which you can get involved in the life of this church, particularly as we kick off here in the fall. So look at your worship bulletin. Look at this week in Myers Park and see all the many avenues in which you can be involved in service, study, and also to receive support if needed. Now, I invite you to continue in an attitude of worship.
Foundation of Faith this morning is the Apostle Creed. It is in your worship bulletin. Let us unite in this historic confession of our Christian faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Church family, it is now our honor and privilege to invite to come before for baptism Sabrina and Charlie Lane, who bring Barrett Winston Lane, and Lauren and Ryan McMillan, who bring Covington Claire McMillan. Well, brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation, given new birth through water and the spirit. All this is God's gift offered to us without price. So on behalf of the whole church, I ask you now, do you accept the freedom and the power God gives you to renounce evil and repent of your sins? If so, say, we do. Do you confess Christ as your Savior, put your trust in his grace, and promise to serve him as your Lord? If so, say, we do. And will you nurture these children in Christ's holy church that by your teaching and example, they may be guided to accept God's grace for themselves, profess their faith openly, and lead a Christian life? If so, say, we will. And to you, the members of Myers Park United Methodist Church, will you include these families now before you in your care? Will you proclaim the good news and live according to the example of Christ? And will you surround these families with a community of love and forgiveness that they may grow in their service to others? And will you pray for them that they may be true disciples who walk in the way that leads to life? If so, answer with the words, we will. We will. Let us pray. Eternal God, when nothing existed but chaos, you swept across the dark waters and brought forth light. In the days of Noah, you saved those on the ark through water. In the flood, you set in the clouds a rainbow. When you saw your people as slaves in Egypt, you led them to freedom through the sea. Their children you brought through the Jordan to the land which you promised. 
In the fullness of time, you sent Jesus nurtured in the water of a womb. He was baptized by John and anointed by your spirit. He called his disciples to share in this baptism of his death and resurrection and to make disciples of all nations. Pour out your Holy Spirit to bless the gift of this water and those who receive it, to wash their sin, clothe them in righteousness throughout their lives, that dying and rising with Christ, they may share in final victory. Amen. Barrett Winston Lane, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Covington Clare McMillan, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, be the light into the world. Both of you carry the light of Christ within you. May you go into this world bringing forth the light and hope of Jesus. Amen. invite you to turn your worship bulletins now to the prayer confession which is printed there. Let us confess our sins before God and one another. Let us pray. Gracious God, we carry anger in our hearts we cannot release. Our past regrets continue to shame us with pain. Scarcity binds our hearts from generosity and growth. Give us courage to choose you in the face of temptations. Set us free for joyful obedience and faithful witness. Open us to a future of peace, hope, and love with you. Amen. And hear the good news this morning. Christ died for us while we're yet sinners. That proves God's love towards us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. Please stand for the reading of the gospel. The gospel reading is Matthew chapter 14, beginning with the 22nd verse. Then he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowds. 
And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was many furlongs distant from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It's a ghost, and they cried out for fear. But immediately he spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I, have no fear. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, bid me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, O oh, man of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. This is the word of God for the people of God. When you do, where do you find yourself lingering? This is a question that I reflect on often in my own life. It may seem odd, though what it does for me is helps me be more present, attentive, and cognizant of my surroundings, especially when other people are around. I find people and different people groups very intriguing and worth lingering with. I always have, from when I was a little kid up until now as a taller little kid. <laughs> I find people in various settings, something to, to take in, something to take note of, something to just listen and be with, because there's something to learn from those whom we can linger with. Late spring, I led a small group here, and I see some of my class here this morning, on a book called Beyond Welcome. It was written by a friend of mine, Karen Gonzalez, and the basic premise of this book is to consider how we as Christ followers are supposed to show up and be hospitable to the newcomers that are coming to our cities and towns from near and far. Now, each night as we were wrapping up class, I assigned homework. Some of them looked at me like, I'm done with homework. Why would you give this to us? But this particular evening, I assigned the class homework to go to a grocery store or some market um, in the city that they didn't normally shop in. Extra credit if they went somewhere that didn't even speak English. And while they were there, they were to linger and take in what was happening around them, to let it soak into them of the difference and the diversity that was happening in their midst, and also to buy a snack to bring to the next week's class. I wanted the class to immerse themselves, albeit briefly, into a space where they might not feel comfortable or they might not be the normal person in there, that they might just see the operations of happenings within the aisles, at the checkout counter, at the produce section, or in the snack section. And everyone did, and we had delightful snacks the next time, but even more so, 
we had delightful conversations around the experiences of doing this exercise. Some places only had one clerk working, so it was a longer line, and people had to wait a little bit extra, while others noticed a whole strew of people coming in that were there every single week at this very same hour purchasing their groceries for that evening's dinner. Most importantly, participants chose to linger in that small or larger crowded store. And I think about this, and I consider what Jesus was teaching us about lingering, about hanging around with crowds and folks who were not like us, did not look like us, and did not even, to the disciples, warrant receiving food or especially from them. And here's what I mean. Earlier in the chapter of Matthew 14, this is where the feeding of the 5,000 took place. And if you remember in that scripture, the disciples said, send them away. Send them to town so they can go get their own food. And this is the first of two commandments within here where Jesus says, no, you give them something to eat. You give them something to eat, commanding that. But here Jesus is, lingering with this crowd. The disciples were lingering with this crowd, giving them his full attention. Remember, the crowd was more than just 5,000 people there. It was 5,000 men plus the women and children. And there they were amassed on that hillside, this was a new community to experience the love and grace that God gives to all of us. And Jesus wanted the disciples to know that they were valued people, that they should be honored and cared for. So Jesus took time with them that whole day. He healed, he cared for their spiritual well-being, their physical well-being, and yes, matched it with nourishment from the loaves and the fishes. So Jesus lingering in this moment with the crowd was once more not all that surprising, was it? This is who Jesus is, the, man, the one who came with and for the world, with and for the people, with and for the vulnerable, and with and for those who are called to follow his way of living so that they would do as Christ had set an example for them to do. Jesus lingering with the crowds that evening was setting us all an example. Learning by example is what we all do, isn't it? The things that we do, our patterns of behaviors, the way that we interact, they are all learned. Molly and I have a five and a four-year-old at home, and they are learning rapidly by example. They're taking it all in. They're like little sponges, which is good and not so good at times. But it's a beautiful gift to think about. How am I lingering with them? What examples am I setting before them? And we always have a conversation with both of our kids of you're seeing examples set before you. Choose the ones that are right. Choose the ones that are good. And for them to be able to discern that, Molly and I have to set a good example. We have to show what it means to be thoughtful, to be gentle, to be tender, to be compassionate. 
And of course, passionately cheering for our beloved Braves. We won't leave that out. You see, the way of setting an example was how Christ was teaching that day. Setting an example before his disciples, setting an example before those on the hillside, setting an example for those who would hear these stories months, weeks, days, and years later. Setting an example that it's okay to linger with, to slow down, to not rush through the day, but to really take in what is unfolding before you. So often in our world, we want to rush, rush, rush. We want to get through things. We want to make sure that we have our to-dos list checked off really fast. And we can do that, and those are fine things, but we might miss an opportunity to linger, to just be, to soak in what was happening before us. Christ's example of lingering with the people is also bookended with another great example that comes forth from this passage with prayer. You see, Jesus commands the disciples to leave, and I found this always interesting. Why did Jesus command the disciples to leave? Get in the boat and go to the other side. And this is where Jesus stops and just stays with the people. And then Jesus eases the people on, eases the crowd on to go ahead and leave so that he might go and pray that Jesus might break away and go linger with God for a little bit. For Jesus to break away and be able to sit on the hillside and receive that spiritual nourishment that Jesus needed. So he did. The crowds are gone, the disciples are gone, and there Jesus is lingering in conversation with God, to draw closer to God in order to draw closer to those whom he was going to minister with and to in the coming hours. Prayer, another great example that was set before us that day by Jesus. Over the years, we have developed this beautiful partnership down in McAllen, Texas with Catholic Charities Respite Center and with First United Methodist Church McAllen. And we have come into contact with this truly holy woman as a church. Many people have met her. Her name is Sister Norma. She's the Catholic nun that's in charge of the Catholic Charities Respite Center there. She lingers with some of the world's most vulnerable people groups, asylum seekers, home insecure, those facing addiction, food insecure, and those who just need to get out of the heat on the streets. Now, on this one particular chance, I had a team there, and we were sitting around the table with Sister Norma. And I leaned into the table as she took a breath of telling us about the day's um, to-dos. And I said, Sister Norma, how do you continue to tirelessly do this work day after day, not being burnt out? How do you do this without skipping a beat? How do you do this? It was great. I had her attention, I had our team's attention. We were there and I was ready for her to lay out this beautiful, lengthy, spiritual regiment that she engages with every single day and every single evening and all throughout the day. She took a quick breath, turned to me, and she simply said, prayer. Then she left and went about her business. Prayer. 
That's it. Prayer, lingering, lingering with God so that we might have clarity of how to linger and be with our vulnerable, to be with the secure and the insecure, the well-to-do and the not well-to-do, the family member and the non-family, the stranger and familiar. Prayer. Jesus commands the disciples to leave. Jesus eases the crowds away, and then Jesus goes to pray. That prayer is the example that we need because prayer should be so integral to the role in our lives that it should guide everything that we do, every single decision that we make, every single movement that we take in this world should be guided by our prayer about how we are connecting with God, listening, being attentive to the instruction. You see, prayer shouldn't just be in times when times are bad or disruptive. We see this from Peter. Peter sees Jesus walking across the water, and Peter gets just excited. He's like, oh, I can do that. I want to do that. Call to me, Jesus. Call to me. And, and Jesus does, and he goes. And Peter gets scared, and he sinks. And as he is sinking, Peter cries out, Lord, save me. And he reaches his hand out. In distress, he offers those three words as his prayer, Lord, save me. We have all had those moments. We will have many more moments in our lives where things are going just fine, but something disrupts us, something goes bad, and we cry out, Lord, save me. It might have been a sudden tragedy in your life. It might be a major life decision, a health crisis, and when we cry out, Lord, save me. These prayers are important, and these prayers matter. And prayer should be constant. It should be in the way in which we do start and end our days. Prayer ought not be cheapened to a conditional statement or bartering chip with God. Prayer is more than that and more crucial to our spiritual, emotional, and physical well-being. You see, I barter with my kids. If you do this, then you'll get this. If you clean up, then you get this. Prayer isn't a time for such if-then conditions. Prayer prepares and readies our hearts and minds for what situation might be before us or stirring within us. And I've got to confess before you and before God this morning, I need to improve my prayer life. I remember a time a few years ago when Ray McKinnon was still the pastor at South Tryon United Methodist Church. He and I were sitting down with one of their worshipers, and she was sharing some heartaches and some hard family situations and some physical ailments that she was going through. And so Ray and I were both drawn deeply into the story, and as she wrapped up, I spoke up first, and I said, we will pray for you. An awkward pause filled the room, and Ray looked at me and said, well, pray. I missed the cue to linger in prayer in that exact moment. I tucked it away. I was like, of course I will pray for her. Of course I'll do this. Again, I need to improve my prayer life, and I'm willing to bet that that's for some of you as well. 
that I am not alone in needing to improve our prayer life. And you know what? I find comfort in that. And no, not the comfort of remaining where we are in our prayer life. I find comfort in knowing that each and every one of us can turn to one another to help each other stay responsible and accountable to prayer, to lingering with God in conversation, to walk as we are supposed to walk as disciples, holding on to the promises of Jesus. When we cry out, Lord, save me, that Jesus is there in the good times and the hard times and the bad times and the struggles because prayer will help us get through those times. Prayer will strengthen us. And as we know, the story goes at the end of this chapter in Matthew. The disciples with Jesus reach the other side of the sea into another community with another crowd, with more sick and ailing people, with those hurting and those who were curious. And as they left their boat, they began healing and loving and caring for that crowd, for the individual, and also for themselves. And what was it that empowered them to do this work? What was it that strengthened them to heal? What was it that opened their eyes and hearts to see these people and meet them exactly where they were as beloved children of God? What is it that strengthens us to serve? What is it that equips us to linger with individuals and crowds? What is it that enables us to endure the storms of life that will have us crying out, Lord, save me? What is it that affirms God's presence when nothing else can? What is it, church? It's prayer. So I encourage us all to linger a little more in prayer with God and in prayer with the communities in which we find ourselves connected. Prayer. Let us go to God in prayer. Most merciful and patient God, as we gather to hear your word this day, calm our spirits and still our minds as we linger to receive your message and to respond in faithfulness. We praise you for the many ways you come to us. In moments of fear, you speak with words of reassurance. In moments of doubt, you reach out with a hand to hold. In moments of turmoil, you bring calm to the storm. Strengthen us to live with courage and perseverance. Lord, in your mercy, Astonishing God, you can always surprise us. You come to us in unforeseen circumstances and unexpected people. We give you thanks for the help offered by a stranger, kindness in an anxious moment, good news that changes expected outcomes, 
relief amid ongoing crisis, and signs of hope when things seem bleak. Lord, in your mercy, surprising and mysterious God, you come to us when we least expect us. Call us out of our routines and plans. Invite us to linger with you in new opportunities. We pray today for all who face upheaval and uncertainty, whatever the cause. Fill our hearts with compassion and understanding for the fearful. We pray for those who struggle with illness or grief. And we especially remember the family of Janet Bradshaw in their time of loss. Lord, equip each of us to reach out in every way we can and embody your love in our words and in our actions. Lord, in your mercy. God of hope, you challenge us. You come to us during the world's trouble. You invite us to stand for truth and to work for justice. We pray for all those people crying out for fair treatment, working against racism and discrimination. Open our hearts with understandings and motivate us to act for change. We pray today for those who resist the stories of injustice and defend inequality. Open our minds to the truth that you show us. Show us new possibilities for relationships that bridge divides. Send your spirit to work in our communities to create mutual respect and new ways to live together as neighbors. Lord, in your mercy. Faithful God, we pray today that we could place our trust in you and your purposes. We're grateful that you're faithful to receive our trust and to, withhold, and to hold us in the palm of your hand. Help us to linger there. Lord, we ask that you would be with us and with your wisdom and your will, we offer our prayers in the name of Jesus, who taught us all to pray, saying as we say together, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The choirs began again here in August, and the music department is open for people who want to share their gifts in handbells, choir, join us for our music program. It's a part of this church because of your gracious and generous giving. Ushers, if you'll come.
faithful and loving God, bless the gifts we bring to you today. Use them and us to plant seeds of faith, hope, and love in a world so that your goodness will flourish and your name be honored. For it is in Christ's holy and precious name that we pray. Amen. hear these words of blessing and dismissal go forth from this place to serve God and your neighbor and all that you do remembering always your sin in Christ's holy name amen <laughs>